gents, welcome to another episode of The Essential Eleven. As always, we're brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Speaking of Acton Academy Placer, today's guest is an Acton Academy Placer dad. He's got three kiddos here and uh, just an all-around rad dude. We actually sat down and did two podcasts back-to-back. We did this episode of The Essential Eleven and then we jumped on his podcast uh, Rebel and Create, and it's all about being a, a great dad. And uh, his book, Rebel and Create, all about being a great dad. Uh, he is a, you guessed it, great dad. He's also the president and benefits consultant at Eureka Insurance Solutions. Um, so, uh, you know, author, entrepreneur, all around great dude, somebody that I get to call a friend and uh, just had a blast, man. It was a very easy thing to sit down and do two episodes back to back. Because uh, he's just a really neat guy to talk to, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation with Mr. Ned Shout. We'll go three, two, one. We are officially live. Nice, little man, Ned. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here, brother. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks. We've had uh, we've had some days today. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, with everything. Like, Surprised we didn't call it quits. No doubt, man. At the at the time of recording this, the world is on fire, like literally and figuratively. Um, both hometowns on fire and family stuff and. Uh, but I like what you said, man. You're like, look, if we let stuff like this get in the way, we'd never get anything done. That's right. You know? So um, pumped to have you here in studio, too. It's fun. Like, it's just a different just a different vibe. Yeah. You know, when person. you got somebody. Yeah, man. For sure. Makes a huge difference. Speaking of being in person, we will not go virtual on this TEDx Roseville. That's an option for us right now. And I am just. I was thinking that's probably dude, where I was headed. And there's no way yeah. I won't do it. It's not the same. I've done mm. virtual events. I've done live events. It is just not. It's nowhere near the same experience for the audience. It's nowhere near the same experience for the speakers. Um, the message is not the same. Yeah, that vibe off the people for sure. It's a huge difference, a difference, man. It's a huge difference. So, um, and super pumped that you're gonna that you're gonna be there too. We got yeah. some amazing lineup. So we'll figure out whenever this date ends up working out, and you know maybe it'll be 2026 or whatever, man. But we Just will give uh, me more time to yeah, craft dude, it. Yeah, dude, that's exactly good. right. That's exactly right, man. So um, I always like to dive into you, man, and, and kind of your hero's journey you know we talk at Acton a lot about the hero's journey and what that looks like and wanting you know our students to understand how to carve that out for themselves and have that self-confidence and that self-awareness and um, be the ones pulling the strings rather than having society and culture and somebody else pulling the strings for them so let's dive into your kind of x-men origin story so to speak before we get to the questions yeah well where should we get started yeah man wherever you want to go this is where it's fun okay cool yeah so when i think about my origin story i think you know when i first started learning that confidence piece that standing up for what i believe in having a voice kind of thing yeah parents made me go to a a Seventh-day Adventist middle school. Okay, I remember they took me there in sixth grade. Yeah. I sat in the parking lot and cried, please don't make me go here. You know, 45 minutes from my house. I don't know anybody. Uh, Why the change from where you were um, I think that my mom just thought that maybe I would have too much fun in middle school and high okay. school. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so she's like, I know how to kill the fun. Yeah, we're going to send you to know. fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that would have looked like, but yeah. I think she wanted some more boundaries okay. around me. I wasn't getting in any trouble, so I yeah. don't really know. But uh, so... They made me go in seventh grade. I, my cries worked for the for the first uh, for the first year, and then I went in seventh grade. So that was interesting because I grew up in church and I grew up more kind of traditional Christian. Yeah. And then I went to a Seventh Day Adventist yep. town. You know, no meat, no alcohol. Yep. 
Sabbath on Saturday, Bible-believing, radical people, right? But it was cool because I was the black sheep in the class where if I didn't really agree with something, I'd raise my hand and say, hey, well, what about this? And I don't know about this. And let me say it from this perspective. And it was very different, I think, for the students because it was, I mean, there were times where kids would be like, well, I don't think that Ned's going, I, I remember this girl, I don't think Ned's going to hell because of this. Right. So it was cool. Implying be- that maybe because of some of the other stuff no, or just like, just like, because like Ned the we're open to having the conversation. Yeah. Like, okay. wait a second. He goes on yeah. Sunday. We go on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter where when you go, yeah. you know. And so and I loved it. So I think that's where I started cultivating being able to speak up for what I thought, and what I believed and what I liked. Yeah. Um, and then to challenge the status quo, you know, or yeah. have a little bit of rebellion in me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where I cultivated that. And then, you know, I just, I mean, I was selling golf balls at 10 years old. You know, we'd go find yeah. golf balls where we lived and we'd go sell golf balls. So the entrepreneur, I could go make money, uh, I think started it was there. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was in your blood, man. It was yeah. in my blood. So, you know, and then I'd always be working. As soon as I could go work, I would work. Yeah. Uh, make money in construction or whatever, just because I loved it. Yeah. You know, I think it's what I'm built for. So yeah. go figure it out. Did you take that entrepreneurial kind of all through? high school and all that kind of stuff. Did you always have kind of a side hustle or something going on? You know, I, I, I didn't really have any kind of side hustle in high school, but I always worked at like, my goal was to make it to a restaurant because okay. my parents, they met at the first cheesecake factory in Beverly Hills. Oh, no way. And so that was their like love story. And yeah. they would tell me how my dad's such a person person. Yeah. I mean, relational, funny. And he would just tell me how much he would make making tips yeah. as, as a yeah, waiter. Yeah. So as soon as I turned 16, I got a job at one of the most plush restaurants in uh, St. Helena, Calistoga oh, area. Yeah. yeah. Trevignier was the restaurant. Okay. And I was making, you know, at 16, I was buffing silverware Yeah. for the waiters and the bus boys. And I was making like 120 bucks a night, you know, on like that's a Friday, awesome. Saturday. Yeah. It was killer. Yeah. So I, I was driven by that, <laughs> that's, that's you awesome. know. Yeah. But then it wasn't until 18 years old uh, and college, uh, there was this moment and I was like, I'm going to start a clothing company. So that was kind of my first business I started was right. I think I was a freshman in college and okay. started a clothing company. Yeah. At 18. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're in St. Helena. Congratulations, dude. I, I don't want to brag or anything, but... <laughs> well, I didn't live I don't there. Wanna, I don't want to <laughs> brag. I don't want to brag either on my restaurant experience, but I may or may not have been a waiter at Lions, dude, Ooh, if you remember Lions. Yeah, yeah nice. Those are pretty... Dude, the sketchiest... <laughs> the sketchiest food, the sketchiest oh, clientele, dude. but I hustled, man. And so yeah. sometimes I'd, I'd be like, I didn't. I wasn't getting 120 for bus and silver, though. Those places, yeah. though, are so <laughs> yeah. horrible in the sense... Like, the food, the, the clientele is perfect, yeah. but, man, they'd yeah. starve you. I remember stuffing... <laughs> food into the laundry bag just to eat something yeah, yeah. as I'd go throw it all away. Yeah. That's so funny. funny. So, so you're 18, decide to go with the clothing route. Mm-hmm. How'd that pan out? Never do that again. Okay. Um, I don't know. My wife would shoot me if I ever tried. Yeah. I mean, cause it went into our marriage too. You know, like I, yeah. I was like, Oh, I, I'm paying 10 bucks a shirt. I'll just buy a screen printer, you know? Yep. So bought all the screen printing. I mean, our first two years of marriage, our garage was a screen printing facility. I think just actually this weekend, my wife will be able to park in a garage. uh, Be the first time. The first time ever that it's not full of coffee coffee beans or t-shirts or books or whatever, (laughs) whatever it is. So yeah, started making t-shirts and we just go to all the local festivals and just sell t-shirts at concerts. And and, uh, that lasted for a while. It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And why'd you stop doing that? You know what? I just felt like I, it ran its course. Okay. You know, we were yeah. in about five or six stores 
And I just remember sitting on a curb outside of an event in San Diego and thought, mm, this is done. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. You know, it kind of had run its course. Yeah. So then uh, I had dropped out of college <laughs> to do yeah. this stuff because I, at the same time, I also, somebody said, hey, Ned, you'd be great in sales. Why don't you come over to this company? Um, I was 20 when I started. They had like a rainmaker program. Okay. It was selling mailing equipment uh, in Orange County. So, you know, like Pitney Bowes, yep. it was the alternative to them. Yep. So I just... I won this national, they did this Rainmaker program for nationally and I got first place and I got to go on some trip. I don't even know where it was, you know, with yeah. everybody who's yeah. like the top salesman. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. Massages and like more crab and steak than I can eat. I like sales and how they treat you. Yeah. So then they offered me a job. And so I dropped out of school because I had my side hustle clothing. I was making over a hundred thousand dollars at 21 or 22 selling whatever mailing equipment in orange county had a cool territory yeah um and it was just fun the most fun part was just beating the 45 year old dudes you know every just monday the competition part yeah and they'd say who got the most cold calls last week here's a 50 dollar cheesecake card yeah and i'm like yeah this is cool yeah i'll just beat you guys every week because this is fun um and then you know first bonus check i don't know 30 grand or something yeah. crazy and i'm like this is awesome um, and I did that for a few years and the team was awesome. My sales mentors were awesome. I learned a ton. Uh, but then I looked around and I'm like, I'm not going to be, if I'm making this, the owner's making 10 X this, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go do yeah. something else, you know? Yeah. And at the end I wanted to be a youth pastor, you know? So I thought, mm, I'm 25. I'm going to go be a youth pastor and a financial advisor. And, uh, that next year I made maybe 20 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> made a whole different deal. Oh my gosh. Nobody trusts a 25 year old with millions of dollars. No so, doubt about it. Uh, that wasn't so fun. Um, but through that I started getting, I got into employee benefits and, uh, that's where I am now. So I've been doing this 12 years as well. I've always have something on the side. Yeah. But that's what's, that's what's taking that's what off. Pays that's what pays the bills yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've learned a lot about leadership and running a company. And now I'm taking that into a couple other ventures I'm working on. So I fully get, I fully get that too. And I, when I, when I say I, I, I get that, um, I can, f I feel like I can feel it. I feel like when you're talking about that entrepreneurial DNA, right. Of having yeah. that as a young kid. Um, I remember thoughts, you know, I remember working at 10, right. And I remember teaching martial arts classes at mm. 10 to, to adults, you know, I'd been doing it for a long time at that point. Yeah. Like I remember that cause I needed to, I needed to call the shots and I needed to make some money and I needed to, like, I had that. And so going into job and I went into sales, I'm, I'm like you, I, I genuinely like people and enjoy right. people. And so sales was something I was again, naturally good at and it was, but there was stats I was going to ask you, how did that, how did that go with that, you know, against that DNA spirit. But, um, it seems like you kind of ended up pulling the trigger on that no matter, no matter what. Yeah. I wouldn't even say that I'm good at sales. I think You're that good at people, I just, if I tell you, I'm going to call you yeah. next March yeah. 2nd at three o'clock, yeah. I'm going to call you. And then when you tell me, Hey, we're not shopping this year, yeah. I'll say, okay, I'll call you next March the first. It's a Monday at yeah. three. I'm going to do it again. So I just it. think that that is seriously how I've gotten built my business. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I think people hopefully like me when they hang out with yeah, me, but absolutely. you know, I well, know it's funny when you said, you asked me if I had a side hustle in high school and I said, no. And you said the martial arts thing. I taught drum lessons. Did you? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I, I taught drum lessons and had yeah. classes and would make money doing yeah. that. Yeah. But I think those are telltale indicators, you know, and that's working with, getting to work with so many 
young people for so long, you see those kind of, those are the kind of patterns that we look for, right? You look for, for those patterns of the things that you just can't help, but you're, but, but to do, even if you've got other things going on, you just can't help, but to do this, you just can't help, but to try something new. You just can't, when you can start to see those patterns of behavior, um, you can start to more readily direct somebody to where they want to go, even if they don't realize they want to go there, you know? So, um, that's super cool. So, you're, you're doing what you're doing now, but you also have kind of a, um, a, a big successful side hustle too. So talk about that a little bit too with Rebel Create. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really I had this dream forever that I was going to create this youth center that the world had never seen. Yeah. And in my book, I talk about it. It's like, you know, the 1990s teenage mutant Ninja Turtle movie. The, oh yeah. The, the layer for the bad guys, the <laughs> absolutely, you know, they're the arcade cr- games yeah. and you get all the, do- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, I know you can exactly see it, right? what you're, you're talking about. I know exactly right. yeah, you what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to make that. <laughs> I'm going to make that. And, and I mean, to, to crazy stuff. Like I'd see an empty army building. It's like embarrassing an empty army building in Irvine, California. And I'd write a letter to this, you know, to whoever can, yeah. I, can I have this for a youth center? You know? Yeah. So it's like, I have all these journal entries from years of like, God, why is this? I want to do this thing. And then one day I get a letter here. I'm a youth pastor in a crappy little office in Lincoln, California, not too far from here. And it's this, uh, here's an epic skate park, a uh, 36,000 square foot skateboard park. Would you like to have youth group events there? And so I go down there and I meet the owner. I'm like, hey, can I basically have this place and take it over for you? Yeah. And that's that was going to happen. So it's like a long story, but I was going to get that place and I was going to run youth events there and be able to take it over. And uh, I mean, we threw events where 400, 500 kids would show up. Yeah. And it was like, this is finally happening. Yep. And then in 2015, it was just clearly not. Yeah. I mean, it just poof, done. It was over. It was not going to happen. And so that was a big, strange identity crisis for me. Yeah. Ned is not the guy who's doing this. Yeah. And so how Rebel and Create came was through a whole year of self-reflection. Um, I realized like my primary desire as a man is to be loved. I want to be loved, needed, valued, respected, honored. And like, I'm leaving a mark on this earth, yep. right? Like those are the things that are going to make me fo- feel fulfilled as a man. Yep. And I had been jockeying for so long to build something that I could look at and feel good about that. I would then get those that reward from. Yeah. And so, I mean, clearly you can tell I have a ton of energy and I want to be creative. And so that year I put all my creative energy into my kids. You know, I was no longer the youth pastor. I was no longer running a nonprofit that I started. It was just all ended. Um, And I have five kids and they just became my youth group. They became my kids. And I realized that all those things that I was looking for were fulfilled primarily in my home. So this mantra, rebel and create was kind of born in me. I want to rebel against so much but I want to rebel that the adventure for my life is somewhere else. I want to rebel against low expectations for fathers, but not just to tear something down, but to build something out of that. And so that's where the create is. Like, I want to create this legacy, this family, this life that's beyond me. And I will continue to build businesses and continue to, to dream and, and build things, but it will never come before my family. And so that's what I, you know, and so I wrote the book, more to like get my own feelings about what I had went through on paper. And then I thought how many dudes in our culture that's obsessed with happiness are also feeling stuck in finding fulfillment because everything's telling us 
find it through your career, find it through your business, find mm-hmm. it through this, that, or the other, and we're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are so hungry all the time for more, 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 because that initial feed my, you know, that, that to satisfy the hunger right. could be happening right inside your home if you just realized who you already are. So like so that's whether the message, man, is like chase those other things, but don't do it before this. And yep. everything that you want can actually come from this right here. They absolutely you know? can, man. And I and as a dad too, I so appreciate that message. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times so, you know, obviously working with the with with the youth and building schools, but you know, you know, I've talked before, I I've done it was, I did a little over three hundred keynotes over the last five years, right? Yeah. So I'm working with organizations all over the country, all over the world, and sitting down with a lot of these highly successful people. And one of the trends I can definitely, obviously this is not a blanket statement, but if I had to pick something that I saw more often than not, I saw leaders of these organizations, some of the biggest organizations in the world, and they weren't, they weren't happy. There wasn't fulfillment. And, what, and I guess if I really was going to try to pick one word to describe it, there was no peace. Mm, yeah. Right? And I know so many of them have families that missed out on them because they were trying to build all this other stuff. And I cannot help but wonder, would there have been peace if they would shift the focus to what is in their house, right? And it made me have these conversations too. I'm like, look, legitimately, I'm building this program. Yes, I want this to be acting to be a legacy to, to the community, to the world. This is genuinely where I know education is going this is the best thing for these kids in the area but first and foremost i built this for my kids yeah right i, I want to live by the in, the integrity of what i believe there can't be a disconnect between what i believe and what i do otherwise do i really believe it you know i firmly i firmly stand in that but the scary part is if all of a sudden this becomes the focus then it's no longer about my kids yes i'm building this for my kids but does that mean i miss out on that time at home? Do I take time away where I'm actually interacting with my kids to build something for my kids? Right. And I had to kind of come to grips and make sure that that gets, that that gets mitigated, that that I make sure where the priority really, you know, stays. So I love that message. And I know there are so many dads who need to turn around and take a look at at what's going on in their own house. Yeah. And I think one of the things that helped me a lot was I looked at pastors being involved in church and then yeah. in businesses being involved in seeing this. It's like yeah. you see CEOs and pastors go on these retreats yep. and like plan. So I started going, well, well that business is probably not going to last forever. You're probably not going to be the pastor of that church forever, mm-hmm. but you're putting such a huge emphasis on leading this thing. Mm-hmm. So I started going on a two day trip every year in focus of like, where's my family headed? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so putting that same kind of emphasis in your home and in your family, Mm -hmm. because there are going to be times where, yeah, kids, I'm going to be working till 10 for the next few days or Mm -hmm. the next couple months, I'm going to be building something. I think that's fine. And I think that's good for your kids to see, but it can't be, Hey, I'm going to build this the next 20 years. And then I'm going to hang out with you then it can't be that. So I think that having Mm -hmm. regular reminders to reflect and course course correct you yeah. know where you're headed and then having the conversation with your family so they know and yep. you're you're because there's no such thing as balance i don't think I but uh, but i do think that there is there is good rhythm that you can have mm-hmm. and you set good boundaries in place so that that rhythm doesn't get out of place mm-hmm. you know so yeah, yeah some, Gosh, just some so thoughts good, man no i think those are those are those are great thoughts i love that and uh and for me too and this is you know one of the places where where we, we relate um 
you know, I remember taking things and looking from uh, from a biblical perspective too, and going, look, um, and this is where I, I end up being kind of counterculture to a lot of uh, to a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the church. I don't think God is necessarily trying to shepherd every single person. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think He's shepherding His family, and I and I think that based on the way I at least read those words, yeah. right, is that He's worried about taking care of His family. He's not necessarily worried about taking care of it, it's, I'm going to take care of my family. Um, and not everybody is going to be inside that family. That's just the reality of, of the situation, but I'm going to shepherd them. And, and I kind of took that perspective and go, look, man, I want to help absolutely everybody, but I need to make sure that I am shepherding my family and that I am leading them. And that does not just happen in the walls of the business or, you know, on, on the podcast or building out these, whatever it happens with that intentionality of home. And that's another thing too, is when you are home, you know, I know my, my own father used this and I don't, you know, it sounds like you, you still have a good relationship with with your dad, right. Which is awesome. Um, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a relationship with, with my dad. And one of the things that he Mm -hmm. did when we were growing up, he would use the excuse of I'm home with you as a substitute for a relationship mm. too. When he was home, we didn't really talk. If we did talk, it wasn't good. Right. You know, and that's a different thing too. And I think guys can get caught in that trap too. Like, look, man, I'm home. I'm spending the time here. But if you're spending your time there and it's not there with them, your mind's somewhere else, your words are somewhere else, your, you know, that's, we gotta, gotta pay attention to that too, yeah? Yeah, I have this thought about this of why that's so. So of why guys do that? Yes. Okay. So I think that men generally aren't invited into fatherhood. Like they don't really know what yeah. it even means to be a father. Yeah. Whether they had a great dad or not, there isn't this rite of passage, right? Your wife or your spouse or your partner, whatever, gets yeah. pregnant, right? And let's she's pregnant for nine months. She's growing a human being. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty gnarly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then even yeah. gnarlier is she's going to then deliver this human? Yeah. Like very, wild, yes. Which bro. I've now seen. I haven't seen it five times. I've seen it three. What? It's very impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, we had twins, so I don't know if that counts. Okay, as five that's or four, still pretty but solid. Two came yeah. out, so yeah. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But gnarly, dude. Yeah. Like barbaric. It's yeah. it's like yeah. you can't. It's we want to be. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Yep. So and then she's going <laughs> to nurse the baby, right? And so then the dude, you know, we do have this, I believe, primal instinct of like, I'm provider and protector. So what do we do in our super clean culture? I'm just going to go to work. Right. Right. And so then mom's deciding how long am I breastfeeding for? Am I breastfeeding? What kind of diapers are we going to use? What kind of formula are we going to use? What is the baby going to wear? What's the room going to look like? To then what preschool are they going to go to? Yeah. To what kindergarten are they going to go to? To what sports are they going to play? Now, maybe the dad gets involved there, but maybe not. So then seventh, eighth grade, the kids only go on a mom because the mom's making the decisions. Mm -hmm. By high school, dad's hasn't really been making much decisions, hasn't had much relationship because they never really knew when to step in and like yep. make a decision. Yep. You know, and then a lot of times, you know, depending on if you had kids like 30 years old or so, then now you're starting to get to that late forties, early fifties where you're actually paying attention to your life mm-hmm. and you're like, holy crap, I, yep. you know, I just missed out. Yep. Right. I'm reflecting and yep. that's, it's not too late, but it's too late for some things. Yeah. So I think the reason why some Men, one, they probably weren't shown by their dad, but two, there wasn't this like rite of passage moment where they were really mm-hmm. welcomed in or even acknowledged, mm-hmm. right? Because if you if you just said to me, Ned, man, great mm-hmm. job on your businesses, dude, you're really killing it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I would need from you. Mm-hmm. I don't need some long whatever you know mm-hmm. you do, but just that acknowledgement from another man who is successful yep. Yep. is just 
super powerful for us. Absolutely. So I think if we as men who are already fathers knew that and, and we could invite dudes in, I think that we would have less of the dad who is not engaged yeah. because he was told you already have it inside of you. Yeah. But it's not just going to work. So you got to protect from a lot of other things and provide in a lot of other areas. So good. It's simple, but but I mean, but it's such dude, a big deal. We're simple huge. creatures, man. But there are certain little things, like you said, that that make a giant difference yep. for us. You know, and I always that's so that's so cool because you're you're absolutely right, man. Getting that validation from another guy who is doing something well in an arena that you want to do well right and you see, i make and dude that really comes to like the whole act and model not that we're here to you know yeah, yeah. but when you think about if i'm only hanging out with other 28 year olds yep. there isn't any dude around me to acknowledge me when i have my kid right right because i've been trained to just do life with my own kind right, right. instead of realizing that i need other people at different stages of life for yeah, me like this yeah. idea of mentorship is yeah. kind of unfortunately unless you go out and really seek it it's yep. lost a little bit it is lost you know? a little bit so just i mean because that's been hitting it's, home with me for the acting model is that it's piece. the mentorship piece yeah it's a big deal and that's and specifically you know we're building that virtual program for young men because that's yeah. another thing that is just lost is specifically for those young men there are so many so many youngsters that are missing out on that that's a big deal gosh yeah, this is so that good, rite of man. passage is yep. simple you mean you take a couple kids out to the woods for a day or yeah, two man. days and yeah. you and you invite yep. them in yep. um yeah dude change there it's going to be different for them yep because it's now you've acknowledged deal. me yep oh i am a teenager now so it's not me going and trying a cigarette yes. or trying a beer or yes. fooling around with my girlfriend right because i'm trying to i'm going to stumble into this yes. adulthood thing That's unless right. somebody unless invites somebody me else in. out. god man one of the books that we have uh, a lot of our uh kind of middle school studio high school studio boys read um all of the students honestly read but i, I really emphasize it for the young men is do hard things you mm -hmm. ever read that yep and, and one of the things I love that they talk about is that we have lost those rite of passages and that, you know, this whole concept of teenager is just something that literally just came to fruition in the 40s. Like this is like an 80-year-old sort of thing. Before that, it was you were, a, you know, you were a kid, you were a kid, you were a kid. Congratulations. Now there's kind of this rite of passage. You're a young man. Let's start working. Let's start yep. taking some responsibility, right? Nothing changed in our DNA. Nothing changed in our design. What changed was our expectation. Yep. What changed is the fact that we no longer have these rites of passage for these youngsters to go through. So then they have this extended adolescence, right? Which now I would argue <laughs> we are, we're extending that until you are 28, right? Yeah. 29, 30 before. Or forever. Or forever. We've I mean, got we have this men who are not engaged in who they're called to be or it, who they're designed to be and yep. they're 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 miserable and everybody you around bet. them is miserable but then we still celebrate it so they go i guess i'm doing this right yeah. and they just perpetuate it you know and that's yeah. a scary place so you mentioned mentors which is actually it's a beautiful segue did you do you have somebody that you consider your mentor now in this and you may have multiple you know in different parts of your <sighs> life um, you know, I don't know if I got lucky or what, but yeah. I have always strived to have a mentors, multiple. Like yeah. I could call 10 dudes right now who are yeah. well ahead of me in life and say, hey, I'm struggling with yep. this with my wife, this with my kids, this yep. with my finances, right? You kind of got your buckets. Mentors in different arenas, yeah. And I mean, I don't really know, I don't really know where it was, but it was like, I just, I, I mean, I remember my Bible teacher in high school just cultivating a relationship. I could call him right now and he'd be super pumped that I called him. That's awesome. You know, so it's yeah. like, I think 
I've always had mentors and I haven't always just called them when I needed them. Yeah. I've also just called to just say what's up. The relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm driving, I'm like, all right, who have I not checked in with like in the last yeah. four or five yeah, months yeah. and just maintain a relationship? Yeah. Um, is that how you, and that's how you kind of, I mean, is that how you kind of figure cultivating that mentorship yeah. too, is just maintaining that maintaining relationship going it. on? Yeah. yeah. But then I think also, you know, like I specifically would say, Hey, I've seen you do this, that, and the other. Would right. you go to coffee with me? Would you go to lunch with me? Yeah. And then feel it out. I mean, I've had people say, I'm not really in a place to do like a year. Cause I'd say, Hey, would you mentor me for a year? We meet yep. once a month. Yep. And I've had people say no to me, Yep. you know, sure. but I've had great people say yes to me. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I will always have a mentor in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. For sure. It's important. Has that been a part of the development of, of confidence? And do you feel like you're a, a confident guy now? More confident? Getting more confident? Still anxious? Where do you feel that Super you are? Super good kind of question. I think that I am working on my confidence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm 37. Yeah. And I don't know why I feel like I'm right at this pivotal moment right now where I'm really going, okay, this is who you are and this is, you're going to fully live it out. Yeah. You know, kind of gaining some of that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the things that I would do, I would just do in the dark. Yeah. Not letting people see like yeah. the intentional work I'm doing yep. to be the man that I want to be for my wife, kids and family. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that I'm confident, but I guess it also depends on the area of life. Okay. And so I think in a well-rounded area, I mean, you put me in front of any company, I'll go knock through a door that I, there, I don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. You know, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. No right. problem. But other areas, I think I'm, I'm at this point where I'm transitioning into more confidence. Okay. Where, so where are you still kind of anxious? Where are you still feeling like maybe you're not? I think sometimes if you were to put me in a room with business owners, okay. uh, with, yep. with business, like successful people, yep. let's just say whatever yep. you want to define, I was, you know, successful people. Um, I still have this mindset almost of coming in as, I'm as like, I'm, a, I'm at a different level. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I could sell you guys, yeah. you know, because I'm a, you know, sales guy, Yeah. but not, we're just mutually having a conversation about Got things. Yeah. Got it. So I would say that's probably the area. How are you going to overcome that? I feel like this year has been a year of me overcoming that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This makes me want to just put you in front of like so many, there's so many people cause you're rad. Like you're just, you're a great dude. Right on. You thanks. know? Yeah, man. And, and honestly, like I, I don't, um, I'll tell fine. you the reason why I think it is that way. Yeah. I almost think that it's the, the, I, the more of the idea of money that I had to overcome. Okay. So I think, and I'm, I, I love God and I'm a Christian, but yeah. I went growing up in church. I don't know what it was, but mm -hmm. I feel like there's this mentality that Christians are poor mm -hmm. and that rich people do bad things. Mm -hmm. And I even hear people say comments about mm -hmm. our leaders in government making assumptions that they're greedy because they have a lot of money. And you're mm -hmm. like, you're kind of, you know how much work it takes to run a business or to like build it. Mm -hmm. I was on free cheese and milk nine years ago. Yeah. You know, like when yep. I made the leap from making it over a hundred grand at 25, to come in and trying to be a financial advisor, I was making, I made like 20 grand that year and yep. I had four kids. Yep. Dude, we were broke. Yes. So it's like, you put all this work in it, it's a grind. You know, it's 4 a.m. up, 3 a.m. if I have to, right? It's a grind. Mm -hmm. So I think that I'm okay with it, but I wouldn't want people to know. So anyways, I still am overcoming Man. that mindset that money is bad because it's not, it's just a tool. It's just a tool and it's a reflection of you, what you do with it, if you want to do good or bad with it, yes. you know? So I think it's more that overcoming 
thinking that they're greedy and I'm not, it's like, that's not the case. Yeah. Some of those ingrained foundation. I yeah. think you're right. I think, and I think that can come from a number of different avenues, but you're right. I think traditionally in the church, a lot of times that message does get, um, it does get misconstrued. Uh, and I can see that you can see that culturally for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, or even just being church, cheap, so. like, okay, mm-hmm. we're a church. How can we get this for free from you mm-hmm. versus how can I pay you 10% more than you're asking for it? Mm-hmm. How can we be overly generous? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to negotiate with you just because like I need a deal because I have this nonprofit. I want to be overly generous, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that was part of it too, is like, always try to get a deal, yeah. you know, even if it's not good for the other person, yeah. well, that's not really how real yeah. business is yeah. done. Right, if right, you right. want to maintain a relationship right. with somebody for a you long want time. want that win-win kind of, kind yeah. of deal. And it's yeah. possible. Yep. And I love, and just that simple mindset shift of money is a tool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. You know, I think that's beautiful. And that's one of the questions on there is a real piece of financial advice. I think that is something to remember is that money is a tool. Um, and, and you can use that for good. You can also, any tool can also be used in the wrong mm-hmm. way. Um, so it gets back to the reality of the heart of the individual and, and what you're going to do with that. Cause a good person I think is going to be a good person, whether they have the money or not, the money just it gives them the tool to go ahead and, and exponentially, uh, you know, use that money for for good. Yeah. Likewise, I think a bad person is going to do the, the same thing. They're gonna it's the money is going to be a tool for them to exponentially do whatever it is they're gonna do. Yeah. You know, I fully I've seen that play out. You know, I believe that's the real deal. What's uh from a, a, a discipline standpoint of trying to get to where you're going now, you're building all of you know, you're building all of this, you're building this brand, you've got a lot of cool things that you're doing with it, you've got the book, you've got the dad, um, the dad box, you've got the podcast, like you're, you're building this brand around you. And we we're talking a little bit about that coming in too. Um, is there a part of that where you've got to discipline yourself to do some of the things that you don't necessarily want to do? Is there something right now that you're facing? And so the question really that, that this comes from is, is what is the, you know, the discipline equals freedom, right? What is the discipline thing you've got to do right now that you don't necessarily want to do, but it's the means to an end to get to where you, you know, you kind of want to go. Is there something like that for you where you're like, ugh, I don't love doing this, but I know I have to do this right now. Do you have that in, in, in the process right now? Yeah. So if I think about rebel and create is I I don't want to also keep building. I, I don't want to have to keep building my other businesses, yeah. you know, but those are the lifeblood. Yeah. And I don't want to have to make decisions for Rebel and Create because I need to make money. Yep. So it's like I'm going to do them simultaneously mm-hmm. because I want Rebel and Create to really like have the freedom yeah. to maneuver and, and really figure out the best way mm-hmm. to help those dads that I'm talking about be able to like, see themselves in the mirror and know mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. And so since it's still, I'm still figuring it out. I don't want to be rushed to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I want to keep sharing Smart. the message I have. And cause is it a conference? Is it an online course? Is it more books? Yeah. Is it, I mean, you know, yeah. the list goes yeah. on and I like that I'm able to test it right now yeah. and that I have this other business with a wonderfully amazing team. Yep. So it's like, if I could just do fatherhood all day, every day, yeah, that would be great for sure. But at the, you know, currently, you know, I got to go to bed at 930 yeah. on Sunday through Thursday yeah. and get up at four yep. so that I can have the time to put into it. So I don't necessarily love that. Yeah. But if I want it's, it bad enough, that's kind of what I got to do. That's what you got to do. Yeah. We talk yeah. about that all the time with our with our students, the the 
pursue and provide, right? And the ability to ride both of those at the same time. Yep. And sometimes that just means you've got more time that you got to put in there and you got to really be, like you said, not going to bed at 930, getting up at four. You just got to be more um, conscientious of prioritizing your time and what that looks like right. when you're in that when you're in that. And I think the hard thing is, is when you're an entrepreneur and you're excited about something yeah. is to to go. It's never, ever really done. Yeah. Right. It's yep. just never, ever done. Yep. You think, oh, when I get to this point, Dude, but then no, you'll, you'll have another not. idea that Absolutely. you're pursuing. So I think the hardest discipline in all of it is to not let my excitement around rebel and create yeah. replace what rebel and create actually is, yep. which is having a great time with my family. Right. You know? Right. So it's like, I have to constantly say, okay, this is done right now. You're yeah. done with this for today and you're gonna go actually live this out with your family. Yeah. Not, I built this rad dad community and my family hates me, and, uh, you I know? know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's the probably the hardest discipline piece is when you're so excited to work on something to yeah. be able to shut it off and go, oh, wait a second. Now that I'm having lunch with my kid or playing with my kid outside, this is really what for I'm sure. super well, dude, stoked there's on. Just, there's just extra, there's extra emphasis for you, man, because I mean, inherently with what you were building with this dad community if you were to sacrifice your family for doing it you know it almost shines a light on what could theoretically be looked at as hypocrisy right for I sure mean, it's just right there like it's, it's for sure literally it's, right yeah. there for you it's hard though yeah. because it's like i'll see other instagrams which are super curated yeah. really yeah. clean and like, I don't think I've posted on my personal page in two weeks Yeah. because there hasn't, well, one, there hasn't just been this moment that I want to share with the world. And then two, it's like, I also don't want my kids to become my brand. Yeah. So it's like, I sat out with my daughter the other day or last night and we just talked about, we're reading a book together. And then yesterday I took my daughter out to lunch. You know, I was skateboarding with my kid the other day. So there's these things, but I'm, it's like also finding that balance of, Building mm -hmm. a brand and then just enjoying my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, and everybody doesn't need to see everything I do with my kids, right. you know? Right. But I'm trying to show, be a dad, be engaged. Yeah. But I also want dudes to go, yeah, every day isn't perfect. Days are hard. So I right. should probably take pictures of some of my crappy days and yeah. show those. <laughs> so funky, man, that that is the, but you're right, man. That's the balance. It's, a, it's an interesting balance. And I don't know that there's a, yeah, there's just, you know. So I just try to be authentic. If I'm feeling yeah. like it, I'm going to do it. If I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And if it takes longer to build or the group smaller who likes what I got to say, then whatever. Then that's, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that authenticity is what's going to keep it. That's what's going to keep that foundation strong. That's cool, man. I love that. Are you, um, I mean, in a way, I think you are, sadly, I, I really believe a lot of the issues that we're facing, at least in our country here in 2020, um, you know, we can go down a million rabbit holes with this, but I think going back to the fact that we've devalued fatherhood. We don't have those rites of passage. We have so many absentee fathers or fathers who are just not in the home. I think we have a real fatherless problem. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can argue that it's more in one community or another. I don't even care uh, to make that argument. The reality is we need more present dads. And I, and I think that really would eradicate so much of what we're doing. So in a way, just you advocating for dad's being so intentional about that in a way, sadly, that's become almost counterculture, whether we want to admit it or right. not. But are there other, are there other things that you, you know, where you look at society and you go, Hey, I'm still that kid, you know, in seventh grade 
who's going, uh, I'm going to raise my hand because I'm going to go ahead and look. At, I look at this a completely different way than all of you guys do. Do you find yourself being countercultured in a number of ways? I mean, we're talking about rebel and create, right? And so the actual question that we got from the youth was, what's a piece of common knowledge? Mm. Everybody knows this is the way things go. But Ned goes, cool, man. I actually take that a completely different way. I, I kind of disagree. And so I'll give you an example um, that I always use is, is being a career educator, being in education for so long. Um, you know, the common mantra in education is everybody's got to go to college, got to go to college, no kid left behind, right? Everybody's got to go to college, college bound, college prep. Um, and I, as a career educator, think college, at least in its present state, is actually a bad move from far more people than it is mm. a good move. Um, I'm all for it. If you want to do it, I'll help you get there, help you figure out that game. But I actually think it's a bad idea for a lot of people. Um, you know, so I'm very counterculture in that in that regard. Anything like that stands out for you? Um, I have, so I have a few ideas that are in my head. But at the very end, I would have to say something around marriage. Okay. So I think that I think that our culture thinks that marriage doesn't matter. Yeah. And I would say that I think that marriage is probably one of the most critical things yeah. in our in our world. Yeah. And why so much shit has fallen apart yeah. is because we've said that this doesn't matter. Yep. So and and the idea of like kids are resilient, they'll be okay. Like who said that? Like yeah. when I'm gonna get a divorce, who's who who gave that advice? That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's a cop We're out. setting up just terrible legacy with that. Now Granted, I'm, I know that like sets people off and, and I don't sure. know everybody's story and sure. I know that it gets hard and it's messy and, and your story is probably valid. I just think we give up far too fast. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I took my parents, my dad is more left and my mom mm -hmm. is more right. Uh -huh. And they could not disagree more, Yeah. but they have figured out how to stay together. And I t tell them all the time, this is the best gift you've given my brother and I, yeah. because you've shown us that regardless when things get messy, when, when things fall apart and when you don't agree yeah. that it's possible, it's possible. And my dad has told me, you don't marry a person, you marry an idea, yeah. you know? And that idea is that two very different people, which is the reality, yep. two very different people yep. are coming together, not because of this love feeling or this like romantic life. I mean, yes, you need to cultivate that. And that's super important because you want to have fun. Like sure. I want to have fun with sure. my wife, but it's so much deeper than that. We're a, I mean, we're a reflection of God. Okay. In, in my opinion, but yeah. whether you believe in God or not, yeah. you're taking two people who are different and putting them together so that you can become a better version of yourself. Yeah. Like, why do we, it sure would be, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but my <laughs> wife is different than me. Yeah. She's different. Yeah. You know, and we always joke, oh, you marry your opposite. One's good at finance. One's yeah. not. One's good at this. One's not. Yeah. And so it's, it's for something bigger than you realize. Yeah. Whether you're faith believing or not, yeah. you know, uh, it's critical. And so I would say that marriage is important and that we need to value that. And we need to teach our kids that. And so the idea that uh, we could just get divorced yeah. is is like just we need to remove that from Super our big cop Yeah, out. everything would be better. Yeah. And you could say, well, what does that mean, Ned? Just everybody would agree that our world could feel better right now. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you that if we put more of an emphasis on marriage 50 years ago, we yeah. would not be going through the same things we are right now. I think you're right, man. It's a, and it's, there's so, there's so many good things in what you just said. It's that fight through. It's a, first of all, you made a commitment. 
Yeah, right? does and it mean nothing to make a to commitment? Commitments apparently do not matter anymore. Yeah. And you see that you see that play out in all facets. You see in facets of life. You see that in business. You see it in sports. You see it in like legitimately. One of the reasons I do not watch the NBA anymore is because nobody seems like they're committed to their team. Mm. Legitimately, that's one of the reasons yeah. I don't watch it. It's like nobody, like it was the Bulls. It was like Michael Jordan was like, no, I'm going to be on the Bulls. Larry Bird was going to be on the Celtics. Yeah. Magic Johnson that was going to be something. on the Lakers. Like, no, this is my yeah. squad, and I'm going to fight for and die for this squad, yeah. you know? Like there's an element of that commitment thing that I think is an inherent piece of us too, and we are foregoing that. And I love what you're talking about too. You exponentially... You make yourself better by default. You have got somebody. Of course, they're not the exact same thing as you. That's the point. That's the point. That's the point. You have just made yourself a more robust, right? You become this one person together, and all of a sudden now you've doubled your skills. You've doubled your abilities. You've doubled your impact, you know, and, and that's, that is a, a ridiculously powerful thing, you know, and then the, the first sign of the first sign of trouble, man, people are going to you know, bail on that. And that's what we teach our kids. As much as you want to say, yeah, your kids are resilient. Sure. Yeah. But that just means, yeah, they're not going to crumble and die necessarily because you got that divorce. But man, they just took a whole lot away from those lessons too. Yeah. They took a lot away that commitment's not that big of a deal, that it's okay to just go after being fine. It's okay to just be selfish all the time. You know, that's one of the things when people, when we talk about schools, I hate the word fine. I hate it. Mm. When people are like, oh, I went to public school, I turned not fine. Cool. Maybe did you? Because yeah. I'm gonna question that for a lot of people. Did you turn out fine? And is it because of school, or could you have turned out better? And then I know for my kids, I could. I don't want fine. Fine sucks. Right. I don't want fine for myself. Yeah. I don't want fine for my wife. I do not want fine for my kids. Yeah. I want optimal. I want to go towards optimal and get as close to that as possible. You know, and what's more optimal than just literally attaching somebody else to you that has opposite strengths? And just becoming this powerhouse, you know, sort of deal, man. Um, yeah, I know? would even say it's, you know, it is great that you can have a partner in crime and, and stuff. But then there's also, you know, I have to face things about myself. Totally. Because I'm with you and yep. you don't see the way I see. And totally. I, I act like a jerk yesterday. And yep. then I got to decide, do I just become passive and just yep. not show you any attention? Or do I accept the feelings that are happening inside of me? Like, dude. Don't be a D. Yeah. Go talk to her. Yep. Say sorry. Figure it out. Like then all of a sudden, hopefully next year I'm less of a jerk than I was this year. Totally. Right? So it's like I think it's almost even deeper in me that I hopefully am going to become a better human being. Right. Because right. I've allowed the tension yeah. that is there yeah. and the messiness to shape me and not just think of, well, this is sucks for me. You yeah, know? yeah totally. Of course it sucks for you. Life is messy and hard. That's right. Like. All the time. What do you think was going to happen? It, deal with it. Yeah. yeah, totally. So good, man. But nobody's Remember? telling us that. Nobody's right. saying, hey, right. you know all those things we said, love is patient, love is kind yeah. during your wedding vows. Yeah. Really, you're just going to spend the next yeah. 100 years learning that. Yeah. You're going to learn that. That's right. Love yeah. is patient. That you're gonna means you're going to freaking approach, get that. Dude, it's going to exactly. be hard. You know, it's going <laughs> to so be epic true. hard. We joke now because we've been married 16 years. Yeah. And you go, oh my gosh, we were babies. I got married at 21. Yeah. We were babies. We didn't know anything. We didn't even know each other. Yep. And now 16 years, we're like, we were so such kids then. And then I talk to some dude who's been married 50 years and, and I'm he's going, just like, you know nothing. That guy's yeah. like, you know nothing, bro. Yeah, You've been totally. married 16 yeah. years. Yeah, you're a kid. You're still a rookie. And so the hope is like when Sarah and I make it to our 50th wedding anniversary, we just laugh. And like, oh my gosh, remember how we were when we bought that house and had five kids all under age 14, you know? So cool, and, man. And, but that's that's the cool thing about life if you let that be. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, so yeah. good. We had uh, we had Paul Carter on 
uh, a little while back and uh, he goes by lift run bang on uh, on ig mm. um bodybuilding stud nice. health and wellness stud and been writing for all these magazines for a long time author um really brilliant human being but he got very much into the emotional side and the relationship side um you know on those conversations and i don't remember what it was that he cited but he's, he was talking about specific studies too around people who remained married mm. and fought to stay married and just the overall sense of happiness and fulfillment and all of that. He's like, look, it's not just this piece of paper. It literally has real physiological, economical, philosophical, religious, familial, like all of these benefits that are attached to that um, because you actually went ahead and put the ring on and made the commitment. You actually, you know, you signed on the dotted line. So yeah, so yeah. good. So, so you know, so when you come back to kind of wrap up the question is like, what do kids, you know, what do kids need to know with this yeah. countercultural rebellion question? Like is I tell my I have four daughters mm -hmm. and a son, like choose wisely, yep. choose wisely, yep. you know, uh, don't just move in with somebody to try them out for yep. two years. Like that's just the stupidest that's thing right. I've ever and, heard. And no matter where the culture goes on, you know, and this is a prime example of that. That's what a conversation I had with my kids this morning, man. Right is right. No matter how few people are doing it. Yeah. It's tough wrong because, wrong, yeah. Even if everybody's doing that. Y yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, 100%. That's, just, that's just the way it is. You know, I do think, you know, this is maybe a weird thing, but, you know, my wife, I, I, she walked in, I was playing drums at church on a Mother's Day. Yeah. I was 18 and I saw her walk in the back door with a pink dress on. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. going to meet that girl. Yeah. Okay. So there's that moment, but I would argue that even though we have that moment, yeah. I don't necessarily know that there's like a soulmate for you. Right. I kind of think that I could, this, sorry, Sarah, I think yeah. I could fall in love with a lot of people and then make it work. Yeah. So my point is like, I say it because I think sometimes people get into the marriage and they go, oh God, this isn't the person. Right. Well, when you committed right. at the wedding ceremony yeah. and decided this, that that's the person. That became the person. So that's the person. So it's like, sometimes I think we get caught up in this. Yeah. Oh God, we changed yeah. and they're actually not my soulmate. Yeah. The, my grew, secretary yeah. is or whatever. We, yeah. Well, we grew apart. Yeah. That's some bull crap. Uh, yeah. So I just say it because, you know, I don't know that that, that uh, yeah. soulmate thing necessarily exists. I think that you could make it work yeah. with anybody that you are with. Yeah. Unless you're being like some seriously bad stuff's going down. For sure. So, For sure. Know. When there's danger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you got to, you got to avoid the danger. So you obviously leaving a legacy here with, for, for your family first, leaving this legacy for dads. So one of the last questions is around your legacy quote. So if, if God's like, Hey, Ned, by the way, man, uh, it's August 19th. That's awesome. I forgot to tell you August 20th, dude, you're done. Yeah. It's a, it's a done deal. We're putting you in the ground, five kids. They'll be fine. Uh, and and we're going to go ahead and put that headstone right there. You get to leave kind of a legacy quote, whether it's yours, whether it's somebody else's, whether it's just a sentiment in general. Um, what would you want to put there as kind of your, your final message to the world? Huh. You know, I think it would just be yourself. Yeah. I would want yeah. my kids and I would want people to just be yourself. You know, because I believe that people were designed. Yeah. I believe that... You know, there could be a hundred Neds out there, but yeah. I'm the only yep. this Ned. This version. Yeah. yeah. And I think that this version has something to offer. And I think that every version of, you know, pick your most common name, Jim, John, whatever, mm -hmm. that version has something very significant to offer the world. Yep. And I, I, when I say be yourself, that doesn't mean 
you know, a million Instagram followers and everybody knows me. No, that's not as important. Even to those people, I think at the end of their life, it's those few people who are around their bed or whatever, you know, if we have that Hollywood moment. Yeah, 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 that perfect death moment. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, I think it would just be be yourself. Yeah. Because I think if if you're doing that, then you're giving the best of you to others. And I think when you're giving the best of yourself to others, then you're finding that peace. Yeah. You know, that fulfillment, that leaving a mark on your on your earth, which is, you know, what yep. else do we want? That's it, man. You know, and that, that then the hope is that, you know, that 500 years from now, nobody remembers Ned. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. But I would like the shout name to mean something in the community. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that doesn't mean yeah. like, you know, our names on some huge building. It means that we're, we have passed down the habits, the values from one generation to the next. So it's like the work I'm doing today, hopefully, the way that I speak to my wife, the way that I treat my daughters, the way that I show my son how to use his strength, that then that's like, it means something 500 years from now. It's not about Ned, it's about that these things that matter were passed down. Yeah, that's legacy. Yeah. So cool, man. So cool. So where do people go to learn more about what you got going on, where you're doing, where do you want us to send folks? We're gonna link it all in the notes too, but where where do you want everybody to go? Yeah, if you, you know, at Ned Shout on Instagram is kind of my daily life yeah. or every few weeks life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rebel and Create on Instagram is where I post all the podcasts, anything we're yeah. doing, anything we're up to. Um, and then the website, rebelandcreate.com. You can find my book, my journal, dad box. If you want to welcome a new dad into fatherhood, so cool. send him a gift, you know, so that's, and it's all just, it's evolving and growing, you know? So cool. And keep an eye out for TEDx Roseville. If you're local, uh, we've already sold a lot of the tickets, but we'll have some. So if you're local, grab tickets and, and be there. But if it's after the fact, then do we got to look you up on uh, on the YouTube yeah, with the TEDx too. I've gotten to take a, I've been lucky enough to be able to get a preview and um, I'm pumped for it, man. Yeah, so right yeah, thank you, brother, man. Yeah, I thanks. Appreciate you. Good That's hanging good out. Good stuff. Yeah, totally. There you go, man. Check out his book. Check out Rebel and Create. Check him out on uh, Instagram. All of that worth a follow, especially if you know some dads in your life, man. Let them know what Ned has going on. Uh, Just an all-around great individual, man. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know I definitely did. Uh, And please continue. We have got uh, some great five-star reviews, man. The more you guys can review and share the podcast. Um, we're really going to start making a big push towards this. we got some sponsors um, that we're really going to make a push towards. So anything you guys can do to share, uh, to continue to let people know about this, man, it is overly appreciated and all goes back to helping kiddos here in the area. So thank you guys for listening. Very much appreciate you. Thank you for all the wonderful feedback. And uh, we will catch you guys next time on the next episode of The Essential Eleven.